Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer-songwriter who just performed there last night and last month performed in Las Vegas and as part of the CMA Music Festival in Nashville. She is currently in the studio working on finishing up her second EP. She has quite an extensive background, both talent-wise and geographically, all of which we will get into during today's show. You have been hearing one of her songs entitled Tomboy, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show, Jordan Elena. Hey, y'all. Hi, Jordan. Hi. Glad to have you here on the show today. Thanks for making the time. Thank y'all. Absolutely. It's standard operating procedure here on Now Hear This Entertainment to have the guest start us off by talking about the song we played during the intro. So in this case, if you would, tell the listeners all about Tomboy. Ooh, Tomboy's one of my favorite ones, actually. It's so, like, drivey and hard-hitting. Well, just growing up, I did all kinds of things, and I have an older brother, and so I kind of grew up getting roughhoused. He beat me up. He told me he couldn't have a sissy little sister. So everything he did, I had to do. That was just the rule. My dad made me do it, too. Brother rode dirt bikes. I had to ride dirt bikes. Brother played baseball. I had to play softball. So I just grew up as a tomboy. My family loves to hunt. We love to fish. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I love to get dressed up and go to fancy dinners and go take on a cute little date. But at the end of the night, the guy I went on a date with knows I'll probably beat him up if he doesn't. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so being a tough girl, and I know there's a lot of girls out there like that. So it's an anthem for them. Well said. I love it. Now, uh, I was I was about to have a knee-jerk reaction and say, so obviously the song was your idea, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't have co-written it. So did you write this one by yourself, or was this a co-write? It's definitely a co-write. I love to write with other people. Like I feel like if I write by myself, I can only get so many opinions. And hmm. it's kind of like the song is a, it's like small if I write alone. But with other people, I can have a cool idea for something, and they just completely switch it, and it turns out even better. So mm. always, I love to co-write when I songwrite. Okay, but this is this is this is very interesting. What about a song like "Tomboy," though, where it is so much about you and it is so much about what you experienced growing up? Is there any fear, or is it well, this is my song, and if they start to say something that takes away from the spirit of what I had in mind, that I will speak up and tell them, "Look, that's not really what I lived." Um. I try not to write with those people that make you feel like that. <laughs> Trust me, I've written with some people like that, and it just turns completely, and then they take over, and it's one-sided. But a great songwriter can write anything, and they mesh well with other songwriters, even just meeting them for the first time. Not saying I'm a great songwriter, but I do write with great songwriters, and when I come in with an idea, they're very open-minded, and if every, anything they say makes the song better, I'm all for it. Yeah, and I guess what I was getting at is, you know, if if you sit around in a songwriting session with somebody and it's just kind of, let's come up with an idea for a song, it's nothing that anyone's drawing from a personal experience, there's going to be a lot more poetic license allowed, whereas something like this, where it's drawing from your own personal experience, that's why I wondered, did you have to put your mm-hmm. hand up at some point and say, I got to draw the line there, because that was never me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, somebody will say something like, oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah. Good point. A great songer would be offended. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this this makes me think of a question that I, I found myself starting to ask a few guests a few shows in a row, and then I don't know somehow I 
I just lost the momentum, I guess. But you you were, you were commenting on your own songwriting, and I wonder uh, what what do you consider yourself first, a singer or a songwriter? Um, definitely. Well, I'm a singer slash performer more so than a songwriter because I'd be more than willing to cut someone else's song that I did not write. Okay. Okay. So I'm definitely a singer slash performer before I'm a songwriter. Okay. But I do try to write as much as possible. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, you really have quite a fascinating background. I must say your, your bio says that you realized your identity as a singer, songwriter, and dancer, mind you, at age three. Age three. Oh, yeah. Singing, maybe. Dancing, sure. But even songwriting at age three? Oh, yeah. You know what I was doing at age three? Probably sitting in front of Sesame Street watching them do all the singing and dancing. Oh, yeah. So, I was so, singing right along with them. Well, well, tell us about developing all that at such a young age and especially uh, performing from atop a fishing boat to the drivers of cars passing by during rush hour, it says on your bio. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, I knew I wanted to do it from a young age. I was always so drawn to entertaining people. We'd have Christmas family dinners. I would get up on the dinner table <laughs> and have my cousin hold a flashlight on me like a spotlight. And I would sing Christmas songs to him. I love it. <laughs> and like as a young kid, like I, I was on a bicycle at three, like no training wheels. Wow. So uh, we just did things a lot faster, I guess. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother plays guitar and song rights. Well, tries to. She's a better guitar player than I am half the time. Um, she, we, I grew up writing hymns with her. She loves gospel music, and so do I. I respect all kinds of music. So her and I would write like stupid little gospel songs together. Like, it didn't make any sense to me at the time. I was three, but she loves them. She still plays them to this day. No kidding. And my dad, yeah, she's incredible. My dad was in a rock band in the 80s out of Memphis. My mom was in a church group um, called Truth, and she was a singer. And my brother didn't start music until he was about 18 years old, but we just had always been surrounded and open to all kinds of music. And Britney Spears, honestly, is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and and you're, you're, still, you're still talking about, so at, so at age three, you were, you were already um, following Britney, or, or was it maybe not quite yet? It was the Hansons at the time. Ah, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I was singing Umbach around. <laughs> well, you know, one of these days when when you're a, a, a household name and they're doing uh, documentaries and television specials on you, someone's going to come looking for any footage that anyone has from you standing on the dinner table with with uh, with your brother holding the flashlight. <laughs> I would always say, "Watch me! Watch me!" Wow, wow, and and so. The songwriting you're saying it was basically uh, trying your hand at gospel tunes uh, for and, and mm-hmm. with your grandmother. Yep. Fantastic, fantastic. So, so then during your elementary school years, you moved with your family from Memphis uh, out to of all places, uh, I guess fittingly enough, Las Vegas, and and you started getting technical training there. And then get this, listeners: at the age of seven, Jordan was performing at major venues along the Las Vegas Strip. Yep. Crazy. Well, okay. So, so for openers, why did why did the family move to Las Vegas? Um, my mom worked for a corporate company in their headquarters right in Memphis, and they transferred to Vegas. Ah, okay. So, we all just packed up and headed out there. And at the time, my brother was about to turn uh, a a pro motocross rider, and the West Coast is a lot better for motocross. We're like, well, let's do it. Dallas can take it all the way as a motocross rider. Wow. So. That's why. Uh, and you started getting technical training in Las Vegas in in voice or in dance or both. In dance, okay. Honestly, like I didn't know I could sing until I was like twelve or thirteen. Like I tried singing, but I never thought I was actually going to be a singer. Okay, so then at the age of seven, performing at major venues along the Las Vegas Strip, that that would mean that you were dancing. So what 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 type of work was this that that you were involved with? Um, I. Opened for Earl Turner. He's an act in Vegas. And um, I sang along to Hound Dog by Elvis. There, it was like a, what's the poodle skirt. I had to wear a poodle skirt. Mm-hmm. And um, it was that kind of theme. And I did Hound Dog. 
and I had to sing along to the karaoke track. By yourself, though? So, I mean, I, you, you were doing oh, this, yeah, quote-unquote, wow, at seven years old as a solo act. Yep. Amazing. So, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I was so mad at my mom for making me do it. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I th- I think there's I think there's a difference though between having confidence, uh, but but still being nervous. It's okay to be nervous. You know, I once had somebody uh, right there in Nashville say, you know, I think there's some, something wrong with you if you don't still get nervous uh, after all these years, no matter who you are, and, and you're about to go out and perform. So you sound to me like someone who has always been very self confident, even though we're just meeting each other for the first time. Were, were you confident, but just nervous? Or is it no, Bruce, I was nervous, and I had no confidence, and I really didn't want to be there? <laughs> well, as a kid, I always was, there's just certain kids that you know, they're going to be, they're going to do something to entertain people. And I was always that kid. And so when it came to this gig, I knew I wanted to be a performer one day. Like, I wanted to be Britney Spears. But um, I had never done it. I'd never sing along to a karaoke track. So my performance was incredible. I was all over the stage. But I was so worried about hitting notes. And there's, like, no notes in the song Hound Dog. I was just tripping out because I had never actually sang (laughs) in front of anyone. Wow. Wow. Uh, Meaning that the only people you sang in front of was the family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this, is, so this was all mom's idea then? Oh, yeah. It was like, it was her company's event. She's like, well, my daughter will open. Seven years old. Like, what? <laughs> mom, is, okay, there an, mom. is there another daughter that I don't know about? Because <laughs> it's not going to be me. <laughs> we have footage of it somewhere. It's hilarious. Oh, that's fantastic, though. What What a... What a great memory, I'm sure, that is, you know, in, in looking back, even for yourself, I mean, I was going to say for your mom, but, but, but certainly for yourself, I'm sure it is fun to look back and just kind of shake your head, and, and that's all you can do is, is just laugh along with it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that footage is going to come up one day on my E! True Hollywood story. <laughs> so from there, so embarrassing. From, from Las Vegas, then, the, the next step was, was moving on to Los Angeles? Yes, sir. But now, was that... Uh, necessitated and like you said you moved from memphis to las vegas because of your mom's job but was this job related or was this no this was me taking control of my own career now this was definitely me i i went to i finished my freshman year at the las vegas academy of the arts and freshman year of high school mm-hmm. and i i'm i'm a my kind of studio my dance studio I spent probably 48 to 50 hours in the dance studio every day. Not every day, every week, I'm sorry. Um, I was just getting burnt out. And my studio is just we're notorious for just winning. It, they were incredible. So I was like, Mom, I, I've won everything. I've done everything I can do as a da- dancer at a competition studio. And so she was like, well, what do you want to do? And at the time, I was like, well... I want to move to L.A. I want to try my hand in the commercial world. But so now, we moved what, to L.A. What, what, when age, I was, what age was this? I was 14. Okay, so when you talked about uh, the academy in Las Vegas, that was your freshman year of high school, and this was still yeah. this was still just about dancing. It, it still wasn't about singing yeah. yet, correct? Yep. Wow. I, was, I was a dance major at the arts high school. Wow. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I mean, I, I've been playing acoustic, some acoustic songs with my dad here and there. I mean, I could sing at this point, and I knew I was a singer, but I wasn't focusing on it yet. Mm-hmm. So I moved to L.A., me and my mom packed up. We lived there for two years. My dad would drive down on the weekends because he was still going to be in Vegas, and we lived in downtown L.A. Wow. And I did the dance thing. I auditioned Cutthroat. I, Audition, audition, got cut, got cut, got cut. My first gig in L.A. was, I was about to give up. It had been like seven months, and I was like, obviously I'm not good enough for this. And so I get a call, and they're like, well, Miley Cyrus is holding an audition. And mom was like, go, you can do this. And so like, I went, and I knew, I was like, well, I'm going to get cut, so what's the point of this? I had an attitude about it. After the audition, I get a call two weeks later. And my mom answers it. And it was like, hey, we need you to come back in. Um, we hired you on the Miley Cyrus gig. Wow. At the time, I was obsessed with Hannah Montana. I was like 14 <laughs> years old, and I still loved Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus. 
it was epic. And for my first gig ever in Hollywood to dance for Miley Cyrus, it was awesome. Now, dance for her uh, in a video, on a tour, in one performance. What what was the case? I did her Max Azria line, and it was her Walmart clothing line, and we had to dance around that in a commercial that aired in Japan. Okay, okay. And then Party in the USA. And so right now is about the time when listeners are screaming at their listening device saying, ask her if she actually got to meet Miley Cyrus. (laughs) I did. She was the coolest human being. Wow. The sweetest girl. I mean, now she's doing some crazy things to each his own. But at the time, she was my hero. But how was that... How how was that to meet her at such a young age? Because the temptation is to just, you know, start crying and fall down and can I have your autograph and, you know, all that stuff all mixed in at once at a time when you're supposed to be one of her dancers and learning how to be a professional and be in this commercial. Yeah, as as a professional dancer, I had been, like, training at a studio in L.A. that teaches you that kind of thing, how to be a professional commercial dancer. And growing up, my instructor, Robert Contreras, he always taught us, he grew up in the industry as well. So he taught us, he was like, when you're on a gig, you are professional. When the gig is over, you can take a picture with her if they'll let you. So I went into it knowing, I was like, this is game face. I'm I'm a working dancer right now. After I got a picture with her and I got to talk to her. But inside I was like trembling. Well, that's fantastic. (laughs) And it it just does my heart so good to hear that someone was going out of their way to teach young people about exactly what you just described about being a professional dancer and oh by the way this is how you handle potential situations if you ever are in a scenario where you do get to meet someone famous especially if it's someone that you're really crazy about so that's that's Mm -hmm. just really good to hear because the fear is especially probably you know more nowadays that because you do have so many stage moms and things like that that you know think they can do all this stuff with their kids and then the kids go out there and the first thing they do is fall to pieces because they're they're meeting their their heartthrob so that that's just a, a really great story you told there and it's so nice to hear that you had gotten that type of training in addition to actually being taught you know the all the techniques of, of dance itself mm-hmm. yep I was very lucky to have learned all that because it it put me ahead in a lot of ways than most dancers. Yeah, I mean, it almost sounds like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to overstate it if this wasn't the case, but it almost sounds like you were getting some some life lessons and not just uh, dance technique. That is very true. Till this day, I my instructor, I don't call him my dance teacher, I call him my life coach. Wow, wow. He, he loved when we referred to him as that, because I, would, honestly, I would not be the human being I am right now without his training and everything I learned in his studio growing up. Wow. And and so you've been with him how long? I danced with Robert. I was 10 years old, and I left for L.A. at 14. So four years. Wow. He made that much of an impact. That's that's tremendous. So it's, oh, yeah. It sounds like you're still in contact with him, though? On Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's terrific. That's terrific. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Jordan Elena. You can find her online on all kinds of social media, as she just mentioned, Instagram, but also Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And just like this show, her music is on SoundCloud, plus she is also on Reverb Nation, and you can purchase her EP on iTunes and keep up with her online so you can see where and when she will be performing live. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, And sign up for the newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you ever so much. Every week I'm just amazed at the volume of listeners around the world. If you're new, please check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Jordan, we are going to talk a lot about your music, but just to stick with the dancing, uh, first and foremost is, as you were saying, Miley Cyrus, but you've also danced with Justin Bieber and Britney Spears, among others. Yeah. And so just... 
Yeah, just just talking about those two in particular, uh, just kind of describe what what the scenarios were there. You said that with Miley Cyrus, it was for a commercial. Um, with Justin Bieber, it was for his baby video. I was in L.A. at the time. They needed young girls because he was super young at the time. That was fun. It was just a little freestyle session and a little game works. And then we did, I did Britney Spears. Her, new, her video game came out. And at the time, I was actually in Nashville, not Nashville, I was in Memphis visiting family, and I got the call from my agent. And he was like, hey, Brittany's having an audition, and they need a young blonde girl. And so I flew off my vacation to L.A. to audition, and I booked it. Wow. And that's a that's tremendous commitment, because the, the key word there was vacation. So to, to leave your vacation and say, you know, duty calls kind of thing, uh, that's tremendous. That 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 was for that was for one of Britney's music videos. It was for Britney's video game. Ah, okay, okay. And uh, it was awesome. It was so fun. And what's what's the Justin Bieber video so that people can go look for it and and look for you? Baby, it's the baby that one. Okay, and um, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. That that you've been in other artists' music music videos as well. I have. I've done a lot of work here in Nashville with some artists and actually made some great friends and great connections. Outstanding. And you're also a dancer for the Nashville Predators hockey team, and you even teach dance. I do. I'm, I'm dancing all the time. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's. It's. I, I think it's something that you know people should know about because obviously when they look you up, it, it's all about Jordan Elena, the the singer songwriter. And, uh, you know, I'm taking my hat off to you that you really have quite an impressive resume uh, just in just in dance, not to mention everything that you have done as a vocalist. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and being a, and being a huge, huge hockey fan myself, it also does my heart good to see someone that that likes hockey as well. <laughs> I try to like some hockey here and there. Well, yeah, I was going to say I think I'm I think I'm putting it mildly. If if you're a dancer for the Predators, then I think you more than like it, more than like hockey. Well, you, you, uh, I mean, when it hits overtime, I start to hate hockey. I'm standing there in a little cheerleading outfit in uh, on a block of ice, and I've been there for six hours. Oh, Three I thought days. I thought you meant you start to hate it because it's too nerve wracking as to the fact that they might lose. Oh no, the Predators are pretty good this year. It's rare they lost. But no, I start to hate hockey because I'm like, my goodness, I am freezing. Now we're going into overtime. I wish <laughs> someone would just freaking score. But but has dancing for the Predators given you uh, a, an ability to to do you know to to continue your dancing in in a little different form, a little different forum, I should say? Yeah, actually, it's um, super sharp and clean cut. That's something I never grew up doing. I was a contemporary dancer, and everything was fluid and um, technique. And this is just have a good time, be super smiley, no emotions, and then just sharp, clean lines mm. with pom-poms. I've never used pom-poms in my life. Interesting. And, and the, the dancing that you're, as I mentioned, that you teach dance, uh, what age are you teaching? Um, my youngest student is eight years old, and then I teach up to seniors, so eighteen and nineteen. Outstanding, outstanding. I, I don't, I don't know that that you really get time for. Uh, um, oh, free time! You probably don't get any of that. I think it's called <laughs> here and there, here and there, and I enjoy the time I do get. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, to quote the popular expression, get it in writing. Don't let a recording studio tell you at the end of the project and potentially hold your files hostage that they need to charge you more for some reason. An agreed-upon price in writing should be the ultimate arbiter. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Are you digging the Bruce's Bonus segment each week? Listeners, are the tips helping you out, musicians and entertainers who are listening? There's one on every episode. We've even got an ebook for sale at nowhearthis.biz containing the bonus from each of the first 40 episodes. So go there and check that out. Well, as if the dancing credits 
with the likes of Miley Cyrus, Justin Bieber, and Britney Spears weren't enough. In terms of your singing, you've performed with some equally big names, such as Florida Georgia Line and Josh Thompson, to name just two. For the benefit of the up-and-comers who are listening to the show and, and they're trying to get some tips on how to get to that stage in their career, how are you landing opportunities to perform with some of these acts who are such big-time names? Hard work, real hard, sacrifice, a lot of sacrifices, and being nice to people. You always have to be nice. You have, you never know who you're sitting down talking to. Yeah, absolutely. Even you never know. Yeah, even the even the server in the restaurant or the the janitor pushing the broom. Yep, and you have to always be bold. Always. Well, like, logistically, are are you? Uh, pursuing these opportunities on your own? Do you have a manager, a booking agent, a publicist? What what what's the what's the story in terms of how these opportunities are being acquired? Well, I I'm out a lot on the town, and so I meet certain people, and I'm always nice. I tell them I'm an artist, I'm like oh, I work for this, this, and this. Oh, well, if you ever need an opener, hey, Jordan Elena. But also, I have um, someone working on the back end that reaches out to people online look for festivals that need opening slots, look for gigs, like venues that need people to play, stuff like that. So is it safe to assume that all the performing that you're doing and the uh, dance teaching, that, that that's what's paying the bills, or are you having to still hold down a, a job on top of all this uh, just to keep a consistent paycheck each week? So I have like five jobs, so <laughs> literally, it's crazy. Um, I teach at two different dance studios at wow. the, on Monday nights and Wednesday nights. Um, in the daytime, the days I have free, I songwrite, and some nights I bartend at Tootsie's on Broadway. And does bartending at Tootsie's open the door for you to perform at Tootsie's, I would hope? No, I do not perform at Tootsie's. A lot of people don't even know I'm a singer at Tootsie's. I kind of just do my job and get out. Interesting, interesting. Uh, so that's by your choice that you don't sing there, it sounds like you're saying. Oh, yeah, it's by choice. I just, um, it's, the, there's a lot of people, so you have to over-sing, and then when an important gig, gig comes up, your voice is shredded. So I, I kind of just put my personal career before singing at Tootsie's, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's great advice, and and because that is so touristy, uh, you, you know, you're you're obviously accurate in in the environment that you're describing there, and and good for you for recognizing, you know, the the potential harm to your voice. And uh, I think it was just last week or or a couple of weeks ago. Um, so blessed to have this many episodes of the show. They're starting to to run together, but I know that in the conversation with Wendy Wagner, uh, so that was two weeks ago, episode seventy four. Um, she was talking a little bit about taking care of the instrument that is your voice. And I know that on that episode, I even referred all the way back to episode eight with Dominic Pages, who I think was one of the first ones to come on the show and really talk about how hugely important it is to, to focus on vocal health. And, and you're obviously saying, Jordan, that, that you by all means recognize that. Oh, yeah. So did you ever have, did you ever have uh, vocal lessons along the way, any, any voice uh, coach any, at any point? Um, my mom coached vocal lessons at my dance studio, but it's so hard to take from your parents. You knock, you butt heads, and you get an attitude with them. So I just could never take from my mom. But I did like two or three here and there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it makes you very. I feel personally that when I do take lessons, I when I get on stage and sing, I'm overthinking about what I'm doing and like make sure I'm singing right and just having a good time. And I feel like I start to sing very cookie cutter when I take too many vocal lessons. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, despite your young age, you've already even gotten a cut. Uh, tell us about that whole experience. It was shoot probably my fifteenth songwriting session in since I moved to Nashville four years ago and my song I mean my songs I was a new songwriter my songs weren't great and I finally got lucky enough to sit in on a right with two guys Jay Brunswick and Josh Dunn oh and Kenneth Duncan three guys still to this day good friends of mine and I had an idea and he said something and it turned my idea into something better 
So the song is called Pretty Good Day, and it's still to this day my favorite song I've ever written. And it's coming out on the new EP, but a band got a hold of it, and they cut it as a group. And so there's like five-part harmonies, and it just sounds incredible. Wow. And to be honest, I don't even know the name of the band. <laughs> but That's as, bad. That's real bad. But as long as you get a check for it, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Here and there, once in a while. <laughs> Well, wow. con- congratulations on that, nonetheless. I, I don't know if we covered. Forgive me. Um, the 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 move to to Nashville was was that again just just deciding you know okay I'm I'm ready to leave L.A. and and uh, you know if I'm going to be a singer songwriter the the real place for that is Nashville. Am, am am I correct in making that assumption? Yes, I was in L.A. for two years, and there was a showcase at the House of Blues on Sunset. And I got up, and I sang probably four songs. I didn't know any guitar players, so I hired my dad. And he came, and we played um, a Miranda Lambert cover. It was all covers. I didn't have any originals. Acoustic, just me and him. And I got off stage, and to this day, I don't know who this guy was. But he said, you need to move to Nashville. And I was like, why? And he was like, you're a country artist. Like, I never pictured myself as a country artist. I wanted to be, like, pop. Uh. And and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, everything about you, your, your tone, you're a country artist. And apparently he walked off. I was like, well, thanks for the advice. And one of my friends was like, do you know who that was? And I was like, no. He was like, you need to look him up. <laughs> and I don't even know who it is. I didn't even know his name. Like, I should have asked. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was crazy. But at the time... um. I was done. I, I was just like, Mom, I've done crazy cool videos, but I don't want to be in the back the rest of my life. I don't want to be a backup dancer. I'm a performer. I love to be in the middle. I love to mm. be in the front. And I was like, let's move to Nashville. And my grandfather had just been diagnosed with cancer, and he lived in Memphis. Mm. I was like, Nashville's only four hours away. I can go see him. I can spend like his last few years with him. And at the same time, I can work on my craft. And so six months later, we packed up, me and mom, and moved to Nashville. Wow, wow. So at, at any point along the way, as as you were growing up and trying your hand at all these different things, uh, you know, I, I laughed earlier on talking about singing, songwriting, and dancing all at the age of three. Uh, and then we, you know, we talked about the moves and things like that. Was there ever any interest at a very young age, at, at three years old or seven years old or whatever is the case, to, to pick up the guitar yourself? You just mentioned that here you were at the showcase in L.A., and, you know, weren't playing the guitar, so you had to get your dad to do it. Was there ever any interest along the way, and you just said, not, maybe not right now, or, 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 or no? That, that was the wake-up call. When I had to hire my dad to come play for mm-hmm. me. So I, we moved to Nashville, and I picked it up, and Every Rose Has Its Thorn was the first song I learned on guitar. <laughs> So the so so the story about the, about the guy in L.A. It, it really doesn't matter who he was and the fact that you didn't retain his name because the bottom line is that just him saying that was was the impetus for you to in fact tell your mom we should go there. Yep, and just growing up, my mom always had this saying or this analogy where if the train starts slowing down, get on another one. Mm. Hop off the train. Don't ride the slow train. And things were starting to slow down in L.A., and I wasn't doing anything with music. And the videos were starting to slow down, and she was like, well, let's get on a fast train to Nashville. Well, and God bless you, because it sounds like your mother has been nothing but supportive uh, throughout everything that you've done. So uh, that's just wonderful that you you came forward with, with this suggestion, and she said, let's do it. Yep. My parents have always been supportive. I've never been the kid. They always taught me, you're not a quitter. I could ne- If I was unhappy, I had to finish out the season. I had to finish out everything before I could quit. They just they always taught me to follow through. And I was never a kid that was interested in anything else except performing, except being a performer. So when and you so, mentioned before they, about, know, you mentioned before about, excuse me for interrupting you, you mentioned before about your, your brother would play baseball, so you would have to play softball. Uh, those, those weren't anything that you really invested a whole lot of time into. You weren't, say, playing high school, high school softball for four years or anything nope. like that. I see. It was, it was just always all about performing. Yep. I would do cartwheels in the outfield. 
<laughs> we have pictures, and there was like a ball coming to me, and I was like spinning around, not even paying attention. <laughs> Did and, not want to be there at all. Yeah, that's when they knew that she's cut out for performing and not for softball. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I could play some mean softball. I was shortstop a lot of the time, but I, I didn't like it. I was always bored. So how far did you go with it, with softball? Um, my little team, it was like a, I don't, I don't know if it's a little league, because I wasn't little. I don't know what it was, but we won a tournament, and then I was done. I didn't go back the next season. Oh, one season. okay, okay. Yep. I mean, it was fun. I met some cool friends. I'm still friends with till this day, but I just, it wasn't for me. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Jordan Elena. You can find her online on all kinds of social media. She is on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and just like this show, her music is on SoundCloud. Plus, she is on Reverb Nation, and you can purchase her EP on iTunes. Keep up with her online as well so that you can see where and when she will be performing live. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It downloads automatically each time a new episode comes out. That way you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you so much. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I've mentioned just a couple of them, but there's been a whole great long list. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. So, Jordan, tell us about the new EP. Uh, if you if you know as much, how many songs will there be? Is there a projected release date? Those types of details. We are doing three songs, three or four songs, actually. And it's going to be done by the end of July. We're just now finishing the single which should be done this weekend. We'll put it out, and then we'll get to work on the next three. And my buddy, Sid Menon, is producing it. He's absolutely incredible. Not just my buddy. He's, like, my best friend. Um, He plays bass for Chris Lane, who is opening for Florida Georgia Line. And they're all around the same camp. So that's the sound I'm going for. And just... That was serendipity meeting him, but EP is going to be incredible. He's a great producer. Outstanding. So this is obviously being recorded there in Nashville. Is is there is there any carryover from the first EP in terms of similar personnel, same studio, anything like that? Not a single thing. Wow. I was sixteen, almost seventeen years old when I recorded my first EP, and it was awesome. My producer at the time was incredible. Well, well known producer. But you grow up, you evolve, your, your sound changes. My sound and my image has definitely changed. And you got to find the right producer for the right sound. And Sid is killing it. He, he's nailed the sound I'm going for. Outstanding. And that's obviously hugely, hugely important. No matter if it's a an EP, a traditional CD, or, or a double CD, if, you know, if you're both not on the same page, then it's, I don't want to say destined for failure from the beginning, but it's certainly uh, not going to be anything that either one of you are going to put on a mantle. Yep. Well, you've been performing recently in places like Nashville, Memphis, Las Vegas, North Carolina, uh, including a couple Hard Rock Cafe appearances in there. Will there be a push made for a lot more live shows to promote the new EP once it comes out? And, and if so, where might people look to see you performing? Um, I, once I finish the EP, uh, my buddy Sid, my producer, he is, he works with Big Loud Mountain and they're uh, a company in Nashville that's behind Florida Georgia Line and Chris Lane. And that's the sound I'm going for. So hopefully once we're done with the EP, he'll push it to them as their female artist. And uh, Chris Lane will take me on a few shows out of town with him. So the hope is that they love this EP and they take me on as their female artist. Outstanding. So all these shows that you're doing uh, or, or that you're hoping to do, this is kind of a kind of a springboard for you. I just I just wonder they they sound like 
you've you've just made some wonderful connections that that have gotten helped get you to where you are coupled coupled with your own talent of course uh, is is the networking that you're doing is is that all just kind of I just go out and I'm and I'm a hustler and I, and I and I talk to everybody and or, or or is any of it you know I mentioned before the great support that you've had from your parents is 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 all this networking just kind of initiated on your own or uh, are your are your parents helping you meet people or making any introductions or how how is this all coming to be? You know, um, my career my. My life and career as a country artist or a country singer-songwriter has been nothing but serendipity. Right place at the right time. And growing mm. up, my mom always told me she never let me not have initiative. She would pull up to the Walgreens and she'd be like, go get me there. Mom, I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk to the cashier. Jordan, get out of the car. Uh get out of the car, go get what you need, and be a big girl. You can do this. And so just growing up, her making me always speak to people and be outgoing and kind of just take the initiative when it comes to that kind of stuff, that's just how I am in life. If I see someone and I know they're important, I'll walk up to them like, how are you doing? And sit down next to them at the bar and just have a conversation with them. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, by the way, you're blah, blah, blah. You can this, this, and this. Well, I'm an artist. If you ever want to hear my stuff, I'd love to send you something. Outstanding. And that's exactly the way that, you know, for the for the young people that are listening that are getting into the business that want to make these contacts, the, the way that Jordan just described it is is exactly the way to do it. If you walk up to them with your hand out from, from the get-go, they're going to smell you out a mile away and they're going to have no interest in talking to you. And it's it's great, Jordan, to hear you say about the conversation that you strike up. And then at the end is, oh, by the way, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm an artist, sign me right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, your music has been categorized as aggressive country. How, how would you define that? How is that different from country rock? Um, I think that was more of the first record, honestly. I thought I was mm-hmm. going for the girl Brantley Gilbert vibe, but like I said, you grow and you evolve, and I still have that side in me, trust me. We throw in some Def Leppard covers in my full band set, maybe one. <laughs> But my sounds changed, and I want to include my dance into my music. So we're doing like a country pop. It's just epic. It's incredible, the sound we're coming up with. It's not Sam Hunty. And he's incredible. I love Sam Hunt. It's, I know some people hate on him, and some people love him, but it's a lot like Florida Georgia Line. And I love their sound. I think they're incredible. They're good dudes. And so I would love to follow in their footsteps. And I think they're genius when it comes to marketing and when it comes to their live shows. Well, so I wonder then, you know, because of how accomplished you are as a dancer, once the EP comes out, will you make a video for for one particular song so that it can showcase some of your dancing skills or, or no? Yes, most definitely. I've already been thinking about concepts and who I'd use to film it. I've got some friends here that I'm trying to get in touch with. But yes, my dance will definitely be in the video. Outstanding, outstanding. And uh, listeners, when you do spend some time with Jordan's social media, her YouTube channel in particular has lots of videos on there, so there's already plenty to watch in the meantime while you wait to see uh, which songs she develops a video for and uh, gives you a reason to subscribe to her YouTube channel so that as she continues to post more videos and then uh, eventually uh, a, an actual produced video that will show her dancing, you'll certainly be notified as a subscriber to her YouTube channel. And certainly you'll want to follow her in social media as well just to learn more about the updates to her EP and anything that she announces uh, about a video. Uh, Jordan, we're going to close today with a song of yours called I'll Be Your Whiskey. What would you like to share with the listeners about this song? Just kick back, relax, take a shot of Jack Daniels and listen to it. <laughs> um, it's a fan favorite. People love this song. The harmonies are great when we play it live. I love this song. It's fun to sing. It was on my first EP. It won't be on my second, although I thought about redoing it. But whenever I sing this song, people come up to me and they're just, they remember I'll Be Your Whiskey and they remember Pretty Good Day. Those are two of my best songs. So I was like, 
that I did what I needed to do then. And who did you write this song with? Trey Bruce. It's a producer at a national and a songwriter. Well-known songwriter, well-known producer. So would you say that at the current time that, that this is kind of your signature song? Um, yes, most definitely. Okay. And then uh, last question, just just to clarify then, um, since since you said the, the aggressive country label uh, is, is maybe a little outdated and was maybe better suited for the first EP, uh, going forward, uh, we, will, we will all look at you as simply Jordan Elena country, or will it be uh, country pop, or, or how, do you, how do you want people to think of you? Well, country music nowadays is so blended, if that makes any sense. Like, country music is not just country music anymore. When someone says, hey, I'm a country artist, they automatically think of Taylor Swift, Florida Georgia Line, Casey Musgrave, Brandon Lambert. And they're all doing stuff with pop vibes, rock vibes, blues vibes. So nowadays, what exactly is country music? You know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's rapping. And honestly, I wouldn't mind if Nelly wanted to rap on a song of mine. Gives me a reason to dance. <laughs> so I'm all for it. If people want to label me as country pop and hate on me, that's cool. Let them. People want to label me as country because they automatically think country is pop now. I'm country then. So. Very good. Very good. Well, whatever you call it, you're doing terrific. And congratulations on, on all the success that you're having and, and best wishes. Uh, certainly, you're, you're, you have a lot of momentum and, and no reason to believe that your career isn't going to continue to do anything but flourish as, as it has already. Thank you. I appreciate y'all having me. This was awesome. Absolutely. Pleasure's all mine. Okay, well, I hope I can come back on soon. Awesome. I'd love to have you back for sure. That will do it for this week's edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer-songwriter Jordan Elena. Remember to check her out, engage with her on social media. As mentioned already, she is on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Plus, she is on music sites like Reverb Nation and SoundCloud. And, of course, purchase her music on iTunes. And as I've said before, keep up with her online to see where and when she'll be performing live and to get updates on her new EP and, of course, as mentioned, about a possible video. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And, of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and reshare, or excuse me, repost episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz, or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their great new website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Jordan Elena. This is the one she just talked about. It's called I'll Be Your Whiskey. 